Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Friday, November the 23rd, and this is your FT News Briefing. Today we'll be looking at the draft Brexit declaration agreed between Theresa May and Jean-Claude Juncker, the fallout from Italian fashion house Dolce & Gabbana's cultural blunder in China, a diplomatic rift between Britain and the UAE, and the FT's annual seasonal appeal. I'm Barney Thompson. And I'm Katie Martin. And here's the news you need to start your day. The UK and the EU have agreed a draft political declaration on future relations that is due to be approved at a summit on Sunday. British Prime Minister Theresa May claimed the declaration would lead to a brighter future. But MPs gave her a rough ride yesterday afternoon, giving a foretaste of the battle she faces in December when Parliament holds its meaningful vote on her Brexit deal. I spoke to the FT's Jim Brunston about the declaration and what it means as the Brexit talks reach crunch point. Jim, this is described as a declaration that pledges an ambitious, broad, deep and flexible partnership. But can you summarise what's actually in the declaration? Yeah, well, I think pledges is the key word, really. What we have is we have a 26-page document. It's not really written in legal language. It reads actually quite a lot like a European Commission policy paper that briefly sets out sector by sector, so energy, justice and home affairs, trading goods and so on, what the EU and the UK are looking for in their long-term permanent future relationship once the UK is out. We're in a post-Brexit transition period, or at least that's the idea. And then Proper negotiations can then begin on building a trade and security partnership with the EU. What the document's supposed to do is actually provide reassurance to both sides about the direction of these trade talks and to basically say that the end result of this will be a framework for cooperation which gives both sides what they need. But as I said, it's brief. There's not that much detail in there, but there are some indications of the direction of travel that both sides want to go on. So this has been a fairly tortured process, to put it mildly. Are there any surprises in this document? Yeah, I mean, there are some. I mean, actually, many of the surprises are the emissions. For example, um, space policy, you know, an area where there's increasing amounts of money of the EU R&D budget is being invested. That gets one line, which just uh, says the EU and, and the UK will look to develop a good cooperation in the area of space policy. Gibraltar, which has been the hot issue, if you like, of the last couple of days. It's been the issue where it's clear that there needs to be some political movement and some political negotiation if there's going to be a deal on this document at Sunday's EU summit. There's nothing in there for the time being, simply because talks on that issue are ongoing and because it's not clear for the moment that this document is actually the vehicle to address Spain's concerns about the status of Gibraltar. There's also a couple of interesting points of detail. One, for example, is a line saying that they will look at options to keep the UK involved in some way with the European Investment Bank, which in a document, as I say, which is in some areas quite detail-light, it's interesting that they've decided to underline that. And uh, there's also a reference to trying to have cooperation between the UK and various EU agencies as well, which is something where Theresa May has come under pressure in the UK from the Labour Party, that the UK will lose its influence in bodies which are very important for setting rules for the EU market and actually rules which are applied internationally more generally. So it's all very well to reach this declaration, but now Theresa May has to come back to the UK and persuade MPs to give it their backing. Is this document something that she can sell to them? 
Well, as we saw already in the House of Commons yesterday, MPs, particularly Brexiteers who are highly critical of Theresa May's Brexit deal, have cottoned on to the fact, or you know, they're not ignorant of the fact that the withdrawal treaty that Theresa May has agreed, which contains the painful compromises on the Irish border backstop and other things that are difficult to swallow, such as the UK's exit bill um, for leaving the European Union, they are in the legally binding withdrawal treaty, which is the only agreement that will be legally binding between the EU and the UK on Brexit Day. The political declaration is a non-binding document. It's, it's aspirational. It's vague. So from that point of view, it's limited the amount of help it can provide to Theresa May. But it does contain some useful statements of intent from the European side of the negotiation that can hopefully help to diffuse some of the more conspiratorial arguments put forward by Brexiteers. For one thing, the document really rams home the fact that the EU side doesn't want to see the Irish border backstop take effect either. They want to see a future relationship that means that that's not required. So that's one thing that's useful to Theresa May. But of course, the big if, which isn't ironically isn't really answered by the document itself, is how do you reconcile the competing positions, the competing viewpoints that the EU and the UK are inevitably going to have in this trade negotiation to come. And that promises to be just as difficult as the negotiations on Brexit have been. The wife of a Briton sentenced to life in prison in the United Arab Emirates for allegedly spying on behalf of the UK has accused British diplomats of putting bilateral interests ahead of his safety. Matthew Hedges, a 31-year-old Durham University student, was detained at Dubai Airport in May after carrying out interviews for his thesis about the UAE's foreign and security strategy. He was convicted on Wednesday at a five-minute hearing in Abu Dhabi without a lawyer present. His wife, Daniela Tejada, told the BBC UK officials have been stepping on eggshells and even informed her that Britain did not have a duty of care regarding her husband. Jeremy Hunt, the Foreign Secretary, who was meeting Mr Jada yesterday, said the case would have repercussions for relations with the UAE. He is now facing calls for Britain to reconsider its mutual defence treaty with the Gulf country. A growing backlash in China against Dolce & Gabbana has caused some of the country's leading luxury e-commerce platforms to pull the brand after the Italian company was accused of racism in its latest advertising campaign. Its online video featured a Chinese model struggling to eat Italian foods using chopsticks, topped with sexualized innuendos. The narrator asks, is it too big for you around an oversized canolo? The blunder was compounded by explicitly racist messages posted on Dolce & Gabbana's official Instagram account and that of co-founder Stefano Gabbana. The company said in a statement that the accounts had been hacked, saying on Wednesday, we're very sorry for any distress caused by these unauthorised posts. We have nothing but respect for China and the people of China. But the scandal has already forced the company to cancel a high-profile fashion show in Shanghai after models and celebrities threatened to abandon the brand. And finally, we'd like to tell you about the FT's seasonal appeal in support of Habitat for Humanity. And here to tell us about it is the FT's deputy editor, Rula Khalaf. Rula, why did the FT pick Habitat for Humanity? What impressed you about their work? Well, we have a process at the FT where we pick, uh, we have a committee, we pick five charities, then we end up with two, and then we let the staff vote. So ultimately, the staff voted for Habitat. Why we picked Habitat is 
because we know that 1.6 billion people are living without adequate shelter and that a home affects every aspect of their lives, health, privacy, education, and the ability to work. So it was an important charity for us, but also we have seen their work. We know a lot of people who have gone on some of their volunteer programs. And we think that a home is the most basic requirement. On that note, a big part of our seasonal appeal is reporting from around the world on the charity's activities. So where have we gone this time? Several corners of the earth. We've started in Beirut. Only yesterday, we published the first piece from a refugee camp in Beirut where Habitat for Humanity works. It's a piece that will be in print in the FT magazine on Saturday. Let me tell you about some of the other stories. One will be from Tucson, Arizona. Another will be about empowering women in Kenya. We will have a piece that just asks many of our columnists and writers what the concept of home means to them. We'll have a story from the UK and also a story from Cambodia, which will be about how to build a house in five days. We have an FT reporter who picks up the hammer and joins Habitat's volunteers. To find out more about our seasonal appeal, go to ft.com forward slash appeal and look out for Chloe's story about Syrian refugees Noor and Allah in our latest News in Focus podcast. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back next week for all the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Eric Krupka, Fiona Simon and Amy Keane. Our editor is Emilia Mahusik. Robert Shrimsley is Editorial Director for the Financial Times. This is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit from a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.